Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning, uh, Friday, October 6, 2023, for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. We come to you each morning at about 9 o'clock, and we pray together, confess together, sing together, um, share in God's Word together, so that we are built up together in Christ. Uh, it's good to see you checking in in the chat, those of you watching live, and of course, I encourage you, if you can't watch live, to listen or watch later in the day uh, so that you can remain up to date, if you like, not in any kind of inoculation, uh, uh, chemical inoculation, but rather, I guess, being inoculated with God's word, right? Against the wiles and temptations of the world, our flesh, and the devil himself. All right. Uh, so we'll continue in Numbers. We're in Numbers chapter 12 today. We're going to stay in Numbers um, all the way up, you know, well, for a while here, for another week or two. Um, the reason. I think it's important for us to read these texts, is we actually see both um, God's promises being fulfilled, but at the same time, uh, the natural rebellion of man against that. You might call it unnatural, but we would say it's according to the sinful flesh inherited from Adam, so um, it is the way that nature has been corrupted by sin. And uh, yeah, we refuse to hear and to, to heed God's word, despite his many admonitions. That's a hard lesson to learn. It's not necessarily the most pleasant thing to hear, I suppose. Um, but knowing that, then we can look to Christ for not only forgiveness, but for amendment of life, repentance, and life. All right, so let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our memory verse is from Luke 12. We say it together. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Luke 12, verse 15. Catechism. Ninth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or get it in a way which only appears right, 
but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and do their duty. All right. By the way, um, according to the large catechism, the Tenth Commandment also applies uh, to those who are committed to a congregation, whether it be a pastor, teacher, or other worker, or it be um, a hearer of God's word, a member of the congregation, is that we aren't to covet other people's pastors or teachers um, or members and then entice them or scheme to get them uh, to come and be a part of your parish. Uh, we are not good about this, even amongst our Missouri Synod congregations. Um, I've been on both ends of it, right? Having received members um, who have come here and and remembering this command, actually, to uh, encourage them to stay and do their duty. Often, um, for one reason or another, they can't any longer. And so then they come to you, And uh, but also vice versa, where members have been enticed or uh, enticed away from our congregation to other congregations. Um, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, same thing with workers, right? The grass is not greener on the other side. So um, I always encourage uh, people to think about um, their their calling to a congregation as a church worker as the only place that God has called them. If another congregation asks them, um, do not covet them, uh, right? And also discourage them from coveting. Um, give every impression that, that your loyalty remains where God has called you, right? Um, of course, it is possible then to be called to two congregations simultaneously, but not be able to serve both, right? And then um, kind of navigate that. But I think the line between coveting another congregation's pastor, I've, I've seen this, where congregations call pastors because of the success they're having in another parish, and they want that same success for themselves. Now, one, the Lord has not promised that he'll give you the same kind of success in your place, right? That's only by the Lord's giving according to his good and gracious will. Um, and the success of that of that man's ministry in another congregation is not his own. It's actually given um, to him and to the congregation by the Lord. So that's what you should pray for, that the Lord give you, not only a pastor, if, you, if you're without one, um, but one whom the Lord will work through as in, instruments um, to accomplish um, the conversion of the nations, if you like. All right? So, uh, yeah, coveting is, uh, well, it's so inbred, you know, from Adam that uh, it's it's easy to see it even play out in the life of congregations, all right? So be cautious about that. Our first reading today, again, providing context for our reading about the Levitical priesthood, um, it, according to Christ now is the uh, the writer to the Hebrews, although now in chapter 11, we're going to see, this is the famous by faith chapter, so we see on what basis um, those before Christ came are saved, right? Is it on the basis of works or on the basis of, still on the basis of faith in Christ? We'll see. All right. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that the things that were seen, or which are seen, are not made of things which are visible. Thus, by faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, though, or through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it. He being dead still speaks. Excuse me. Uh, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that 
he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. That is according to the promise. Right, so according to faith means according to promise. Notice the theme here um, is that faith is believing in that which God has spoken, but which is not yet seen. Right, so there's a testimony of the gifts of faith, namely um, resurrection of the body and life everlasting in the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus. But all of that is, is received not by sight, um, but by the word. And that's true for us as much as it was true for Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Right, we'll have more of those next week, continuing that chapter. All right. And as I said uh, in our introduction, as we work our way through numbers, we're going to find that rebellion is the default position of God's people, unfortunately. Um, whether it be their leaders, their priests, their prophet, um, or even just uh, the sojourner who's with them, the rabble, that rebellion is the default position of the human heart um, against God and against his anointed, as we said in Psalm 2. Right? So we also want to recognize here, what's the way out? What is, how does the Lord lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil? As we pray in the Lord's Prayer. All right. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us, in in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward the people moved from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Okay. So uh, the basis of Miriam and Aaron's complaint against Moses was that he married a Cushite woman, or an Ethiopian, as it said here in the translation, Cush, um, being descendants of Ham, one of the sons of Noah. All right, so very distant relatives, not even, uh, you know, way back to Noah. Uh, how did the Lord regard the uh, Cushites and the Ethiopians? All right, clearly, Aaron and Miriam regard them as basically unredeemable outsiders, it appears, right? But we'll hear like the prophet Isaiah speak of them in Isaiah 11. Listen to this. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from 
His roots shall bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. Of course, this is all speaking of Jesus. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. We always hear this at Christmas time. And with, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Think Psalm 2 there. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, faithfulness the belt of his loins, right? We have the lion laying down with the ox, etc. But listen to what happens right after the song. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations, plural, inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people. And here we go. From Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, there it is, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. Well, so there you go. Cushites um, are included in the salvation who's offered through Christ, the root of Jesse, or shoot from the stump of Jesse. All right. Um, so this is the, it's, it's kind of an ethnic basis. Uh, you might even say racist basis for excluding, trying to exclude Moses from his job. It's just rebel, uh, rebelling, right? Rebellious will. All right. So then they ask, uh, of course, rhetorically, if the Lord spoke only through Moses and not through them. Well, he, he does speak through them, but by way of, of course, Moses, right? So there is a truth to it. They do speak God's word, but if you go back to like Exodus 4, Exodus 6, and 7, um, you notice that the Lord promised, and then actually does this, only to speak through Moses, who only in Moses would, uh, would receive the Lord's word face to face, and then that word, in turn, would be put into Aaron's mouth by Moses. Right, so we have this transferring of this handoff. You'll note there that uh, Moses notes uh, in a, a bit of self-reflection that he walked in humility. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of a humble brag, I suppose. Um, but what I, what I think he's actually saying is that he trusts in the Lord to take care of him. Right, There was no need for aggression here. It's simply uh, make an appeal to God's word and the Lord would take care of it. Right? This is, of course, what we're all called to by Jesus. Right is to be gentle and lowly in heart and finding rest in our souls in Christ, who is the humble one, Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, whom did the Lord call to come out to the tabernacle of meeting? Verse four, the three, right? Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And the Lord appears to them, of course, not face to face here, but in the pillar of cloud, right? And then the cloud, out of the cloud, the, uh, the Lord speaks, right? Hear and listen to my words, he says there in verse six. Right, which indicates uh, what's going on. Because verse 2, they said, hey, has he not spoken through us also? And now he says, no, listen to me, listen to me. Right, Which shows us that they were really rebelling, not against Moses, but against the Lord and his word. Mm-hmm. All right. How is Moses contrasted with a prophet? Right? Moses is more than a prophet. In that way, he's, he's a type or a shadow of Christ to come. Because unlike a prophet who receives visions and is known in dreams, here... Um, Moses, he speaks to face to face, uniquely, actually. And this is connected, of course, to our previous story with the, um, not the quail coming out of the noses, but, oh yes, with Joshua, who's uh, asked Moses to admonish uh, Medad and Eldad from prophesying. You remember what Moses said? He wished that um, that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on, on all people. And then, I think as I said yesterday, if I didn't, I'll say it now, is that um, the young men and the old men 
seeing dreams and the young men and the uh, young women prophesying is fulfilled. That prophecy from Joel is fulfilled at, at the uh, at the Pentecost, right? When the Spirit is given upon all, and they are given to speak God's word as they, especially as they go forth um, back to their homes to all the nations with God's word, fulfilling again Isaiah 11 as well. All right, um, but there is a what do you want to say? An order. God puts things in order. Uh, there's a intentionality about who God calls and how He calls them. Okay. So what does it mean that Moses saw the form of the Lord? You notice it says that? He sees the form of the Lord, verse 8. Right. God had said that no man could see his face and live. Well, then what is Moses seeing when the Lord passes before Moses with his goodness and mercy? Well, he is seeing God face to face. So Moses already, um, I'd say, is a, is a foreshadowing of Christ, who is not mere man, um, but is both God and man. Now, that's not true for Moses, but uh, what does the Lord say? I'll be gracious to him, gracious, and show mercy to him, show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, but he has spoken to face to face, right? And he sees his backside there at the burning bush. Or uh, Exodus 34, yeah, I proclaim the name of the Lord. The Lord descended in the cloud, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Okay. All right. So then the cloud lifts from the door entrance of the tabernacle, I would suggest. And... Um, what happened to Miriam? Suddenly she became leprous, as white as snow, right? Why? Why was Miriam struck with leprosy? Aaron was kind of half right. Miriam was not right at all. Had she been given the authority to speak the word of the Lord on his behalf publicly? No. All right, so stay in your lane. Remain within the vocations God has given you. What has he given you? This is always the question. What has he given me to do or to say or to speak, right? Be silent where he, where he has commanded silence. Speak when he's given you to speak. All right. Um, you'll notice that first Aaron intercedes on her behalf, pleaded that the Lord would not hold their sin against them. All right. So Aaron sees in Miriam his judgment as well. Uh, why is Aaron asking for his sister? Well, he's functioning here as the high priest, being an intercessor. Of course, uh, Moses then intercedes before the Lord. Miriam is compared, compared here by the Lord. No, by... Aaron, I should say, as basically a, a stillborn infant, right? I mean, born, being born half dead. All right, what finally moved the Lord to heal Miriam? It's Moses's, the Lord's mouth, uh, that pleaded that Miriam be healed. Remember, the Lord put his word in Moses's mouth, so when Moses speaks to the Lord, it's either in the voice of the people or in the voice of the Lord. So here, as I've taught you with prayer, it's important, is always hold the Lord to his promises, Right? Has God promised to heal? Yes. So please heal her, O God, I pray. All right. And then she, he is, excuse me, the Lord requires her to be kept outside the camp for time of purification, right? Seven days. And uh, the Lord makes a, a reference here. This may be seem a little offensive to us, but the suggestion is that if the father had spit in her face, she still would have been shamed for seven days. Um, so this is a lesser to greater kind of comparison. How much more ought she be ashamed having rebelled against Moses and Aaron because that is rebellion against God. All right, so this is, uh, again, an important lesson for us about remaining within the order that God has established and not and not jumping over that order, even if it seems countercultural uh, or today patriarchal, something like that. Um, this, you know, Paul echoing here what, what is true throughout the rest of scriptures is that in the public assembly of the church, the women are to be silent. That is to not speak um, publicly uh, in, in the place of of the Lord, right? They are not given that um, authority. It doesn't mean that women aren't given to speak. 
Of course. And to speak the faith to one another. Um, we found that there are various teaching offices and other offices where women are more than capable. Many, I'd, I'd say many in our congregation, um, received the faith predominantly from their mother rather than their father, right? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing, but that is certainly what has happened. But here we're talking about the office of the Holy Ministry, the public ministry ordained by God, set apart, these men set apart for this purpose, um, not to supplant that. Um, it's not just um, women, though, it's also laymen, all right? So you would see that with, um, uh, you know, if if some other step forward to try to uh, do Aaron's job, for example, or Moses' job. All right. So don't usurp the authority that God has established. That, of course, applies to secular authorities as well, but... Um, but certainly here we have in mind the spiritual authority of the public assembly. We do make that kind of distinction between public and private um, office. So, of course, women can can, can study and, and preach and teach and, and within their vocation as mother. Um, and uh, I think we've been a little bit more lax in other settings, but generally uh, we've remained, for lack of a better word, fundamentalists. We've said it's a fundamental truth of the scripture um, that our congregations be led by men. Okay. That doesn't always mean we understand. And and like I said, it's definitely countercultural. Um, but so be it. It's the Lord's word we follow. Only Moses had been set apart to be the mouth of God for the people. Though Aaron was to be Moses' mouth, God spoke only through Moses. Miriam had briefly prophesied, and Aaron was the high priest, but only Moses had been allowed to gaze upon the full mercy of God and had been entrusted with his name. Miriam exalted herself to an office that had not been given to her, and so she was marked with death. Here is a warning to those who dare to claim the office of the holy ministry when they have not been set apart by God's word. As God set Moses apart, so also he has set apart men who have been instructed in his word to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Women or laymen who seek to grab this office by human right are like stillborn infants, for they can only offer death. They have dared to spit in the face of the Heavenly Father who has appointed this office of the holy ministry as the place where his Holy Spirit works through the word. Right? So that's another note that I think is important to make, is that um, to go against the Lord's word then is to remove or to abdicate the, the confidence that the word gives. So it's never right nor good to go against what the Lord has established, right? because it will rob you of that confidence, that God, and confidence in the promise, namely, that God is delivering forgiveness to you. Okay. Let's sing a little bit of our hymn, Evening and Morning. Father, oh, hear, hear me, pardon, and 
spare me from all my terrors, blot out my errors, that by thine eyes may no more be scanned. Order my goings, direct all my doings. If please thee, retain or release me, all I commit to thy fatherly Okay. Prayer, uh, prayer for the week. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful God and Father, in the Tenth Commandment, you teach us that our God-given relationships with others are sacred and that they are to be honored and protected. For Jesus' sake, forgive us for coveting relationships with others that you have not given us, for every form of lust and self-centered desire, for wanting another person's spouse, for making a God out of people, for loving others more than we love you, and for trying to obtain the loyalty and affection of others that rightly belongs to our neighbor. Help us to be content with the relationships you have given us. Grant us the gift of your grace and mercy in Jesus, so that in every way we encourage, support, and help our neighbors to maintain their God-given relationships in marriage, family, and the workplace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We also pray this day in Thanksgiving with uh, Raul and Alyssa, celebrating their birthday with the households of our church, especially this week with Jeremy, Terry, Jerry and Marla, Dennis, Brian and Eric. And Thanksgiving with Marcy for healing and Allie and Teresa for making the good confession of faith. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Bev, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, District President Willie, our homebound Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that uh, of the Orphan Grain Train. We pray in intercession um, for Jocelyn, who will be baptized on Monday. We also continue to pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of both Kelsey and Diane. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There you go. That's the Congregation of Prayer for today, October 6, 2023. Of course, you can watch this any day um, and any year in the far distant future uh, when we're ruled by the, the robots. Um, you can still watch and listen to this, God willing, and uh, be confident in your faith. All right. And again, uh, you know, do not uh, over... What do you want to say? Overrule what God has established. And we're going to hear more about that theme 
uh, on Sunday as we hear that Jesus is our Lord. Um, and I'm also working on an article for the Sounder for next week that will also uh, seek to confess the way that uh, Christ's Lordship extends to every realm of the people, not just the church, but also family and um, state. And what that means, it'd probably be a not-so-popular article, but, uh, well, so be it. Uh, all we can do is confess what God says and let the chips fall where they may. All right, so God be with you all. Keep you uh, safe this day, and we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.